Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you're with the double L team, Lyle Lawson. Lawson, how are you this morning sitting here with a big grin on your face this morning? Man, I'm just killing it. I'm just loving life. Um, You know, I don't know. I'm in a bit of a middle kind of place um, though because like... I have lots of study to do and I'm just like sitting here thinking about like, oh man, as soon as radio's finished, I got to get in my car and I got to go to the library and I got to write a two two and a half thousand word portfolio and then I got to get back in my car and go somewhere else. You know, yeah, life's just full on right now, but um, praise the Lord that we're here. Amen. Yes. <laughs> oh, I know that feeling. It's like we finished radio. Uh, last week I finished radio and then I go and do TV and then I go home and I take a breath and then I prepare for uh, the end in the, min- in, in, in the evening and then I'm back on TV again and then Epic. I get a couple of hours sleep and I'm back on radio again. It's just like, whoa. Dude, let's go. That's, That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad that you're young. I'm just sort of like, the world is spinning too fast. Just let me off for a day or two. <laughs> What are you grateful for then? Like? Okay, so so here's the thing, right? Over the next uh-huh. couple of days, I've got a list of stuff that I'm wow. going to be grateful for. A list. I have a list of stuff that I'm going to be grateful for. I'm going to start with the baptism that I went to um, on Saturday at the Hamilton Adventist Church. Mm. And so there was, uh, yeah, big huge shout out to Peter this morning mm. um, for being baptised. Congratulations. It was a great testimony. It was amazing to see other people who made a decision for baptism as wow. well. Always exciting. There's a whole, whole group of people who, uh, who responded to the appeal. So that was fantastic. And, yeah, just to meet some of the people that I guess we don't usually see when we sit here behind the microphone mm. but are a part of our family. We love you guys. We, we, value, we look forward to talking to you every morning here on the, on the radio. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, into we're going to have we're going to do a bit of a switch around this morning. Yes, so we're going to have more serious news first, and because I did promise we'd do a COVID update. Mm. So uh, numbers are falling in India. So this yes. is this is this is kind of weird. Wow, nobody really knows why. <coughs> COVID numbers are dropping in India. They've been in lockdown since March. Mm-hmm. The effectiveness of lockdown in India is debatable. Mm-hmm. Yes, you've got a a poverty stricken country with yeah. Anyway, but whatever. Uh, you also have a country that has very poor record keeping. And mm-hmm. so globally the estimate is that only one in ten COVID cases have actually been reported globally. So they believe that the caseload is ten times higher than what it actually is. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, so, that's, that's, <laughs> you know, so we hear these horrific numbers, you know, 100,000 a day in India back in September, which is now halved. Yes. Um and we think, oh, that's pretty horrific, but it's probably closer to a million. You know, but you've got a massive, massive population there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people living in slums, a lot of people living in, in abject poverty, mm-hmm. uh, social distancing and hygiene be- being very, very difficult to control. And so you can only imagine. But recorded cases have been dropping since September mm. and they have ha- now halved. Of course, they are sort of sitting on edge in India, wondering whether they're going to get smashed by a second wave because yeah. that has kind of been the thing that, um, you know, is going around our world at the moment. So, you know, second waves are a bit of a thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there you go. Uh, here in Australia, of course, case numbers have doubled in our quarantine hotels. 
So COVID is surging in many parts of the world, which means yes, that yes. Uh, our case numbers in quarantine hotels has doubled. Mm. In the UK, of course, they've just gone straight back down into lockdown. Mm. So I think there's a, there's a number of different lessons that we're learning. And to be honest, I've been very, very much of a swing vote on the best way of dealing with COVID. Yes. During this whole pandemic, because I've been on, you know, one side, do we do we do we follow the, um, uh, which was that uh, the Scandinavian country that didn't do lockdown? Was it Sweden or Norway? Yeah, one of them. One of those two, or or do we do the New Zealand side, which is total lockdown and eradication, mm. which is going to be better for the economy, which is going to be better for people's mental health, which is going to be the better for less deaths. Really, mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. the question at the end of the day. And, you know, here in Australia, we look like we could possibly, maybe, follow the New Zealand model. Who knows? That would be amazing if we could uh, run a domestic economy without an international economy. It would be mm. better than no economy. Oof, that would but be good. The one, thing, the one thing that is – the one thing that is uh, – the, the one thing that is really, really bad is um, second waves. Yes. That yeah. really smacked. That, I think that's the one thing that's universally understood is that the worst case scenario is a second wave. We've kind of gone through that in Australia already. With Victoria. Though. Yeah, with Victoria. Thankfully, only Victoria. Mm. Uh, we managed to contain it. But mm. yeah, look how it's devastated the con- economy of Victoria. Yeah, wow. Heavy stuff. All right, so that's a bit of a, uh, a COVID update. Uh, other events happening around the world, of course, we had a big earthquake hitting Turkey. The mm. death toll there is up to 51 and rising. Mm. So that was um, pretty dramatic. We need to be praying for our Turkish friends right now. Yeah, wow. And a super typhoon smashing through the Philippines. So this is the strongest storm of 2020. Wow. As if we couldn't add anything more to 2020. Uh, 31, million, 31 million people have been affected by it. You know, the typical destruction of buildings, loss of power, um, storm surges, flooded rivers, and so forth. This is a Category 5 storm, so the winds have reached landfall at 310 kilometres an hour. Try and wrap your head around that for a moment. That's that's insane. What's the fastest you've been on a motorbike? Um, I've hit... 247 on the back straight on the on the back this is, straight, this, is yeah. this is on the racetrack right this is on we're the talking race about the racetrack yeah, we're, we're not talking about, about the, no 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 yeah not on the not on the freeway no okay, so you're copying a fair bit of wind at that speed yeah well you're like completely like tucked in under like a, a fairing that protects you from the wind because if yeah. you were to sit up at that speed like the pressure's so high that you could just about be pushed off the back of the thing. That's right. Like, but yeah, three hundred and ten kilometers an hour. Like, my, my if you can't hang on to the handlebars of a motorbike <sighs> at two hundred and sixty, imagine if you're trying to walk down the street at three hundred and ten. Three hundred and ten. Not only like my parents are sailors as well. Used to be like that's re- that's oh yes that's ridiculous. That's like, just- like when you hit forty knots, which is how many how fast is that in kilometers? Forty knots. Yeah, I'm not sure. Someone uh, needs to call us and let us know yeah, how much. But uh, that's like unsailable, and it's like. Oh, 310 kilometers an hour. Yeah, you can control a yacht in 40 knots, but it's pretty miserable. Yeah, it's, it's you not know, You're, you're you down to a pocket a handkerchief. Yeah. You know, there's not much more canvas than a pocket handkerchief up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, at, at 310, it's uncontrolled. You, you that's, can, that's there's it, no control whatsoever. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see, what else have we got here? And, of course, this has all hit the Philippines during a massive COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. 
So in Manila, for instance, they had a thousand people in quarantine in tents. Wow. And so now they've had to move them into emergency evacuation shelters or into hospital hallways and so forth because of the super typhoon, which has then, of course, you know, you've got, uh, forget the numbers here, uh, 350,000 that have gone into evacuation centres. And so you can imagine how that's going to spread COVID throughout uh, the Philippines. Mm. So, yeah, big, big, big things happening over there. One million people evacuated. All right, got to share this story with you real quick. Uh, this one is coming out of China. And we all remember the story of John chapter 8 where the Bible says the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. Mm -hmm. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses uh, commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? But Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, Mm -hmm. he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left. With the woman still standing there, Jesus stood up and asked her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? Mm. No one, sir, she said. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go and sin no more. Mm. Okay, that's in the Bible. Yes. In the Chinese Communist Party, this is how it reads. Let me just go back and find it right here. The crowd wanted to stone the woman to death as per their law. But Jesus said, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Hearing this, they slipped away one by one. When the crowd disappeared, Jesus stoned the sinner to death, saying, I too am a sinner. But if the law could only be executed by men without blemish, the law would be dead. <laughs> That's pretty wild. You this can't is- see my face. Like as soon as you said that, I like covered my face and like moved back from the mic. Oh, that is insane. That is- wait. So this is this, this is, is Chinese tra- communist. This is kind of Chinese Communist Party textbook on religion. Okay, and basically okay. the idea behind it is that the law is pure and perfect, and the Chinese Communist Party is making pure, perfect laws, even though some of their leaders might be corrupt. It doesn't mean that the law isn't pure and perfect. That's what they're trying to teach by rewriting the Bible. But okay, but in in like this is a part of a textbook. They're not. Then this isn't an actual Bible. That this, is a textbook, no, this is a textbook. This is a this is a textbook used for teaching Christianity in schools. <sighs> Okay, so this is this is the same time, of course, that the uh, that Pope Francis has done a deal with the Chinese Communist Party, so that the Chinese Communist Party uh, is able to appoint their own bishops. Wow, that are not necessarily Roman Catholic; they're just appointed by the Chinese Communist. And, and Pope Francis is recognizing those bishops, but of course, if you look in a um, a Roman Catholic textbook. You can read the Ten Commandments. You'll find exactly the same thing. Yeah, where they yeah, deleted one of the commandments and split mm. the, the the tenth into two to make ten. Mm. So you know, people rewriting the Bible is not necessarily a new thing, mm. but it's pretty shocking when you see it for the first time. Yes, I definitely caught Lawson off guard here this morning and with that story. Heavily condemned by the Bible itself. Oh yes. So you oh, do yes. all that, yikes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. 
positively different. <laughs> oh, man. Just after what we just talked about with the changing of the Bible. Oh, man, that just makes me yikes. Uh, oh, that's so crazy. I'm I like, yeah, Lyle, we were talking about in the break, man. That killed me. That just, no. I just like well, Lawson, had, well, Lawson hadn't seen this, this news story before. And so as I'm reporting it right here, I wish we'd had a camera in the studio because Lawson just did that. Just sort of fell went, off my chair. Went through the glass wall behind him when I read, yeah, and Jesus stoned the sinner to death. Whoa. Yikes. What an accusation. Um, and, and Liam was bringing up a verse from Revelation twenty two nineteen that talks mm-hmm. about, you know, where the Bible says if anyone adds to the book, mm. the Bible, or takes away from the Bible, mm. yeah, the plagues will be added to that person. Oof. Yikes. Mm. Man, that's a big call. But let's have a look at some positive news around the world. Yes, And this indeed. is interesting. I have a news story. I was listening to Lyle speak and I was like, hey, that's really cool. Um, so we were talking about the Philippines just then and yes. the unfortunate devastation that coronavirus as well as, you know, the current typhoon that they're going through has brought. Um, it's not only been that, but for the Philippines as well, that you know, they've been in the midst of a 200-day lockdown because of their you know, the state of the, the, the country, you know, the coronavirus um, numbers just continually increasing, um, which has led to an economic crisis as well. And this kind of, these circumstances have created a perfect storm for what was thought to be an incredibly high period of crime. Um, a, you know, a period of very high crime. Um, and this comes from, you know, uh, Examples that we've already had through history, like I, I think back personally to like New Orleans, for example, during Hurricane Katrina, you have a community devastated in, in every single way. Um, and that led to, you know, one of the worst periods of crime of all time, mm. um, you know, uh, described as hell on earth. But yes. during this time, the Philippines have seen a 46% drop in all crime you know, violent, non-violent, you know, all different kinds of crime, 46% drop uh, nationally um, during the period of quarantine. That's amazing. Which is amazing. And it's amazing because absolutely no one knows why. You know, what's interesting though, and, and, and I'm going to theorize here for a moment. Mm-hmm. Let me theorize for a moment. Because you've had warlords in Africa mm-hmm. who have called ceasefires during COVID. Mm-hmm. What we have seen as a result of the COVID crisis, we have seen the most unifying event in the history of Mm -hmm. our world that is in recorded history. Mm -hmm. We have never, ever seen countries unite together. You know, when warlords are calling a ceasefire, it's like that's next next level level of unity Mm -hmm. right there. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've never, ever seen this level of unity before. And when you've got, it almost seems like you've got criminals who are calling a ceasefire as well because it's like, well, we don't want to get this COVID thing, so let's not go out and commit crime. But simultaneously, I think you, you, like, you just have to think about, people are in different circumstances, right? Because if you yes. look at other places around the world, you're definitely not finding unity. You know, no. during this COVID crisis, we've seen, you know, the... the um, Riots in the United the States. The riots in the United States. Yeah. And, all that kind of stuff. And, 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 like, I think about the Philippines in, in particular. I have a number of, like, Filipino friends on Facebook because I, I spent some time over there in, like, 2015, back when I was a motorbike rider. And, like, man, they're, like, going through it. Like, there's photos of, you know, especially with the 
typhoon at the moment photos of like people hoisting their cars up by ropes and stuff and just like just insane stuff and it's like you know under like when i look at australia you know very fortuitous country you know we've kind of got our stuff together we've had the covid crisis and then there's been unity whereas you look at the philippines it's not only a covid crisis it's an economic crisis. It's a typhoon it's crisis. It's a typhoon crisis. People are losing everything. And that's why the experts looking at this was like, okay, this is going to bring bring upon absolute ruin to... Sorry about that. This is going to bring upon absolute ruin to, you know, they were looking at Manila particularly because they have a high population density and very high crime there. They're like, this is going to be devastating. Yet it's not. Yeah, it's a weird thing, you know, because you read what the Bible says about the world coming together against God at the end of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, social commentators and political commentators and world observers and historians have all, all always said that global unity on any issue is an impossibility mm. until COVID. Until COVID. And suddenly COVID, and within, what, six weeks? Mm. The whole world's united. We're seeing something amazing. And it reminds all me... All you need is a crisis. This is not the end of wor- the world. It's a bit of a dry run, isn't it? 100%. But, you know, like, it takes my mind to Psalm 139, verse 7. You know the verse that says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I'm in the depths of hell, you are there. This is something we were discussing at at church on the weekend. We had an awesome sermon delivered by one of my good mates um, and fellow theology student, Mark Sutherland. Oh, go Mark. Oh, man, he was killing it. We were talking about the end of time, um, the message of the remnant church and um, our call for people to come out of Babylon. And we're sitting, like, I was just sitting there and I was thinking about, like, reflecting on that verse as well. You know, God is calling his people out of these terrible situations to him. And, and what that shows me is that if God is calling them out of it, he's in the midst with them. And so, yeah, I look at somewhere like the Philippines and I see a miracle, like, that crime has dropped there. And I only see that because God has to be working there because of this awful situation. Um, so, yeah, like, although we're coming to the end of time, I see, I see an opportunity here and I'm really, like, praying for, you know, because of the devastation that's happening in the Philippines at the moment, we have all kinds of organizations. We, you know, the, the Adventist representatives over there, we have ADRA, but then you think of uh, things like the Salvation Army, Red Cross. Um, there is a really amazing opportunity there to win people um, because of crisis. So, yeah, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Um, but on uh, just another quick story before we wrap things up. So, um, I was reading this morning, um, a, a, according to... Um, IT Brief, which is a, a big, you know, IT magazine um, here in Australia. Australia has seen um, cybercrime during the during the COVID period rise by 64%. And this is because of another statistic that they cited that four out of five people said that during the pandemic, they've used technology more than ever before. Um, and I can agree to that. Many people can agree to that. Being stuck inside, having to work from home, whatever it may be. Um, there is a huge reliance on technology. And that means that a number of industries have been suffering. And in particular, um, iconic bookshops around the world are closing down because of this. Um, but the Strand Bookstore in New York City, one of the oldest uh, bookstores in in America, um, one of the you know highest, you know, most critically acclaimed, bleeding edge bookstores, as as you 
as best you can say that when you talk about a bookstore. Yes. Um, they're on the brink. Like, you know, no one's buying books now. Um, they're really on the brink and they made a public plea to the fans of the bookstore. Hey, we're really struggling, as you could probably imagine. Um, look, we're, you know, we're not, we're not far away from foreclosure. This is where we're at. And they, in, in response to that, have received $200,000 overnight in book orders from across the United States. So what this shows me, hey, people are still enjoying books. And thankfully for the Strand Bookstore, they're going to be, uh, you know, moving on with business. But We enjoy books here on Faith FM. We like to give them away all the time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so I know you look forward to this every month. Joining us on the phone this morning is Dr. John Ashton to talk about creation and science. Dr. John Ashton, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Lyle. Great to be here. Now, in the last couple of weeks, we've had some breaking news about the discovery of water on the moon, which hasn't been too surprising, but what has been particularly surprising is that they've found it in the sunny areas of the moon. What I'm wondering this morning is, there is there any significance to that from the creation perspective? And also, what is this? why are we so busily looking for water both on the moon and Mars and other parts of the universe? Yeah, sure. Um, well, it's interesting news, but we need to, I guess, put it in uh, context. The uh, you know level of water that they've been uh, detecting on the moon, and they de- detect this using uh, spectroscopy. Uh, that is the study of light and light being absorbed um, on the surface of the moon by different molecules. And uh, the characteristics uh, spectra for water is obviously well established. Uh, but um, the the levels are very low. You're looking at about you know a hundred parts per million. And so this is a very, very low level of, uh, of water. Uh, but it doesn't, one of the interesting things is that it does appear to be free water as opposed to water that may be locked into crystals in rocks. So, for example, rocks can contain water as part of their crystal structure. Um, and, uh, you know, some of you might remember we, we are looking at copper sulfate crystals. Um, in the laboratory. And, of course, these have five molecules of water bound to um, every copper sulfate molecule. And so, and yet it's solid and, and dry. Um, and so this is part of the rock rock structure. Uh, but one of the reasons they're looking for, for water, uh, particularly on the moon, is that if they went to the moon and established life there, uh, people or established a base there or something like that, that people there would need water to drink. And uh, so they're looking for, you know, water that way uh, because, you know, anything. And similarly on Mars, um, they look for water, but also part of the plan, particularly, say, on Mars, they're trying to say, well, was there some sort of life at some stage on Mars and therefore there would be, there need to be evidence of water, so it's a it's a two way uh, uh, aspect. On the moon, uh, of course, the moon is you know is very dry. Uh, one of the reasons why they were surprised, of course, is because of the it, it was detected on the the sunny side of the moon, the moon that we could can can see. But again, at those low levels, it's possible that it is just absorbed in some way on the soil. Um, and, and, um, 
you know, the, at this stage, it's very early days. But we, the thing to remember is it is very, very low level. You know, as I said, 100, 100 parts per million. So it's quite, quite a low level of water that's there. So well, we're, not, we're, not, we're, we're not expecting on. to head up to the moon and then, uh, you know, pick up, you know, some big chunks of ice, melt it down and make a cup of kind of thing. Yes, well, they, they, they think that uh, at near the polar areas there may be some, you know, some ice trap there. Um, and it is possible that, um, and one of the questions is how did the water get there? Um, and so it can come there for comets. So comets colliding on the surface of the moon uh, would uh, carry water because comets are, are, are largely ice, have a lot of uh, water in, in comets. Uh, the other thing is, of course, that we have high-energy protons um, coming towards us from the sun, and protons are the nucleus of uh, hydrogen atoms, and that um, hydrogen can combine with uh, oxygen that may be bound in crystal rocks as, as oxides and so forth, and therefore form... Um, hydrogen oxygen which can uh, a radical which can break down then and form water so there's there's chemical ways that water can be can be formed uh, on the other hand we know that up there because of the uh, the lower layer and that that uh, water can also be broken down uh, somewhat by um, the light from the sun with the thinner atmosphere up there um, so a small amount and then the hydrogen diffused way. So it's a very interesting challenge, you know, for science. Uh, but uh, what the bottom line is that it's a very, very small amount. Mm. So what is a really remarkable substance? I mean, our, our, our planet is covered by water and in many ways that's the reason that it's able to sustain life. Yeah, so that's what makes uh, our planet Earth unique um, is the water. So about uh, 70% of the Earth's surface is, is covered by water and that water is, is is relatively stable. In other words, it's we're not too close to the sun where it's evaporated away. We're not too far away where it's just ice. It's in this, this fluid form, which means it's very mobile. And, of course, living systems are, are very... Um, um, uh, you know, we're dependent on water, like our bodies are about 65% uh, water. So this is, um, you know, quite a, quite a high level. So water is essential for life, but it has some amazing properties actually, and it, it defies, uh, chemical logic in many ways. So it has a unique structure where it's, uh, the water molecule is a little bent molecule, about a hundred, like shaped a bit like a boomerang where the angle's just over 90 degrees, so it's slightly greater than a right angle. And because this angle then separates the oxygen, which carries a strong negative charge from the hydrogen that carries a, a, a weak positive charge. And this interaction between the negative charge and the positive charge means that the adjacent molecules bond together. And what happens is in, uh, in liquid water, we, um, those molecules can align themselves and move around, but in a way are, are held together. And this gives water some unusual properties, like something we don't often think about, like surface tension. So sometimes you might notice that you can fill a glass of water up to the brim and actually it'll be above the brim but won't run over the sides 
like if you can get it actually to be a small amount above the brim of the glass, but it won't run over. And this is due to surface tension. And this is a very interesting uh, property that gives it a lot of uh, attributes that are very good for biological systems. The other amazing fact is, of course, that water expands as it freezes. And also it has a, a very unusual point. So a boiling point and a melting point. So, for example, um, water um, uh, boils at um, about 100 degrees. Well, actually, at 100 degrees at sea level. Now, it's made up with oxygen, so it's a hydride. Water is a hydride of oxygen. Now, in that part of the periodic table, we've got tellurium, selenium, sulphur, and then oxygen. So, tellurium hydride boils at about minus uh, four or about uh, four degrees, something like that. And then uh, selenium hydride boils at about minus 40 degrees. And then hydrogen sulfide or uh, sulfur hydride uh, boils at about minus 60 degrees. So all these things are gases. And then so, and so you'd expect the trend that uh, oxygen hydride or water would boil at an even lower temperature again and therefore should be a, a gas, but it doesn't. It boils at 100 plus 100 degrees. So you've got hydrogen sulfide minus 65. And so it, it defies, it goes the opposite way. And now again, we know as we cool most substances, they they get uh, smaller. Their density increases because the the, molecule, the um, molecules get closer and closer together as we cool. And of course, this happens as we cool water down. It um, it gets smaller and smaller, like any, any liquid. If you have like an alcohol thermometer, as it gets colder, the column gets smaller and smaller, or a mercury thermometer. As it gets colder, the column shrinks down lower and lower. And this happens with water too. If you had a water thermometer, it would go down, 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 down. But then when it gets to four degrees, it would stop and begin to expand again as it got lower and lower. And this is quite an amazing thing because what happens is as the water gets cooler and cooler, as the molecules get closer and closer, they begin to crystallise and they crystallise in a hexagonal structure they've discovered. It's quite fascinating. That packs the molecules further apart and therefore they become lighter. And this actually means that as water freezes, it floats. And that's extremely rare, extremely rare for the frozen part of a uh, any liquid to actually then um, float in mm. its own liquid. And water has this property. And what it means is, of course, that as water freezes, the lakes, it floats to the top, it freezes on the top, and it preserves the life underneath. And we find all these amazing properties of water that are so conducive to life. Matter of fact, Back around about 1910, a world-famous physical chemist, uh, uh, Professor Henderson, wrote a book called The Fitness of Nature. And all the book was about the physical chemistry properties of different uh, molecules and elements on the Earth are all tuned to support life. 
And this was recognised over a hundred years ago. Now, we don't often hear about Professor Henderson and his book, The Fitness of Nature, uh, this, um, or The Fitness of Our Environment, it was called. Sorry, Fitness of Our Environment. Uh, but this is, water is just part of the, has these amazing properties that defy chemical logic. Um, and so, and another interesting thing is that most uh, substances that are a liquid at room temperature, uh, which supports life, have carbon in their molecule, like ethanol and oils and all these sort of things. And so water, again, breaks that rule in that water is one of the few substances, a <clears throat> few molecules that doesn't have carbon in it that is a liquid at room temperature. So it's amazing, you know, when we look at the the properties of water, even its viscosity has uh, very unusual properties, again, that make it an ideal substrate um, to carry, you know, to form in blood and all these biological fluids uh, that operate in us, in plants, in insects, um, against the properties of water that enable, when you think about it, the water to reach the top of a tree. So we, you have one atmosphere pressure, uh, 15 pounds per square inch, 100 kilopascals, for every 34 feet of water. Now, you think you, you can have a tree a couple hundred feet high there's several atmospheres pressure would be required to push the water up to the top of the tree. Mm. But because of the properties of water, it is actually able to be carried up there in the cells to the surface tension properties of water. And so water, ha um, but water, when we look at it, as I said, if we look at, say, the patterns in the periodic table, we wouldn't expect water to have these properties. So it defies the logical patterns that are set out there and has these very unusual patterns. So it points to a very special created molecule. Dr. John Ashton, that's uh, a remarkable presentation that you've just given to us there on the properties of water that uh, definitely point to somebody who who definitely thought this up and created something very, very special for our Earth, and hence we have scientists looking for it all over the universe. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.